Hey ladies, welcome to the Looking Above podcast. It's easy to get bogged down in details of everyday life. If we aren't intentional, our eyes can easily be pulled away from the Lord and we can set our gaze on things of earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My name is Karen Boffman and I'm the women's pastor at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming. I believe that our perspective changes everything. So together, we'll be looking above. Welcome back to Looking Above. We are so glad that you have joined us today. My name is Karen. I am joined by Brooklyn. Hi. And we are here for what is our last episode of this season, Mm -hmm. this fall semester that we've had here for our life groups at New Life in Gillette, Wyoming. And we have been going through Building a Resilient Life by Rebecca Lyons um, with our ladies groups this fall and just talking about resilience. And so we are in the final section of that book here. And so we're going to kind of wrap it up real fast um, by talking about creating community. This is her last rule is that um, all of this resilient stuff that we've been talking about the whole way through kind of culminates in we can't do this alone. Right. We can't do it on our own. Um, We will be so much more resilient if we are resilient together. Right. And we'll get to this later, but it is very biblical that Mm -hmm. God tells us we need to not be alone, that we need each other. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were created for community. And actually just this week at um, in the room, which is where our ladies are gathering this fall, you were sick and weren't able to be there with us. But um, we were talking about the creation story mm-hmm. and how, you know, day after day, at the end of the day, God says, it is good. It is good. It is good. And then he creates Adam. And for the first time we hear from God's mouth, it is not good. Mm. Yeah. And he says, it is not good for man to be alone. Right. Right. And so often, you know, we tell that story and we always say, you know, oh, and it was very good. Right. Like that's what he says on the sixth day. And we jump to that. But before he says it was very good, which is after Eve has been created and there is community, he says it is not good. And that's just such a like, wait, what? You know, like you've done such great things here, God, and made this beautiful creation. And here's man formed in your image. And now something's not right, unsettling. And it's that he was alone. Right. And so, yeah, they're right there in the dawn of creation. We have laid this foundation for it is not good for us to be alone. We need community. Mm-hmm. And right? he created us that way. Because that yeah. was before everything, you know, yeah. that was right at the very beginning. Yeah. And like, think of like, just all of the wisdom, but like think of Ecclesiastes, right? Two are better than one. Mm -hmm. One falls down, the other will pick them up. Like we just see this echoed all throughout scripture Mm -hmm. that we need each other. And then of course the New Testament is just 
full of what we call the one another passages, right? And how we are to live in community with each other. Like we've got explicit directions for how to do community because it's so important. Right. And then we see, and we see this a lot, but then science, you know, catches up to what scripture says, Mm -hmm. but science has been proving too, that we need each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Jenny Allen writes a really great book, Find Your People. Mm -hmm. um, And she goes through a lot of the science of community. So if you want to dig deeper, right. It's another reference. Yeah. Yeah. So important. So as we talk today about creating community, I I wanted to focus kind of on unity and she touches on this, I think in like the last chapter, she talks about um, Jesus's prayer um, that he prays right before he goes to the garden of Gethsemane, right before he's going to be crucified. It's kind of like this crescendo, right, of his mm-hmm. life. And here we have this beautiful prayer that he prays. Um, it's this whole, you know, we see the whole scene of the Last Supper and what he's saying to his people. Mm-hmm. And then he prays over them and then he prays for us. And in this um, passage in John 17, he's praying for our unity. Mm-hmm. And I think we as a church, um, haven't not this church, the big C church, have not done a good job of focusing in on this. Like if this was important enough that this was Jesus's prayer mm-hmm. for us, what did he say? And why was it so important? Yeah. And how would things look right. if we took it literally? Right. Right. Yeah. Like if we stopped and went back through this and like, what was Jesus praying for us? Why? And why is this important? Well, then we need to do what our part to live in this way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's read those verses out of John 17. Um, I just copied out 21 to 23 here. He says, and I pray that they will all be one. And this is again, us. This is future believers mm-hmm. that he's praying for. I pray that they will all be one. Just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Yeah. It's good. It like I have read those verses so many times in my life and like tried to just grasp what Jesus is praying for. Just even the concept of um Jesus being in the Father mm-hmm. and the Father being in him and them being in us and like just this like it really is like this crazy illustration of unity and oneness that Jesus is talking about, like almost, and I'm just thinking of this now, but almost as if we're taking, you know, God, the father and Jesus, the son and us, and we're three different lumps of different colored Play-Doh. And he's saying like, I want all of us to be mashed together till we turn to that nasty brown (laughs) Play-Doh color that mixed Play-Doh is that like we're indistinguishable almost, you know, like that we are so unified that we are just one, like that we are seen as a unit. Right. And he's praying for 
us that as we live as believers in this world, that we would be that, that nasty unit, brown color, that nasty brown Play-Doh, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like that it's, it's sad though, because that is not what the church looks like. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Do you think that that is what is playing out within the big C church right now? No, no, it's not playing out in the big C church. It's not playing out in the little C church. It's not right. playing out in life groups or Family. families. Yeah. Um, we see division and we see division, which is impossible to do with the Play-Doh illustration, but like where we're pulling away and we're becoming a different color. Mm -hmm. Like we look entirely different. We don't look like we are a unified body. We are not one. We are many bodies and we are so disjointed and disunified. Um, that no, I don't, I don't think we look at all like what Jesus is praying for. Not, not most of the time. Right. And device, the divisiveness, it's sad because it comes from little things mm -hmm. that people take such a hard stance on, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. throughout any, anywhere, any, anything you watch on, you know, Facebook or whatever, there's just always divisiveness in the comments mm -hmm. that people are like, no, this, no, this. Okay. Then we don't like you. It's sad. Right, right. It's our cultural trend right now mm -hmm. is to be very opinionated, to be easily offended, mm -hmm. to um, cancel culture. You know, like all of this is, it's all just divisive. It's division in our overall community, in our overall nation, in the overall world. Like that's just who we are as people. That's our flesh nature. Right. I think that people seek purpose in being divisive. I think that having hard stance on something and being able to speak about it, um, even if it is canceling something or whatever that may be, it gives them a sense of purpose. Like, I'm standing up for this. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But what if our purpose was, I want unity? Right. Right. I thought it just makes such a big difference. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, yes. We, we like our stances. We like our opinions. We're very easily offended. I think this is one of the things that's contributing to this mm -hmm. right now. It's why so many people leave churches. Something is said in a sermon. Well, that offended me. Um, someone says something in a life group meeting that offended me. The church doesn't take a stance on something that I want them to take a stance on. Well, that offended me. And so we let our offense build a fence, you know, like yeah. our, our offense creates a rift between us and another person. But we're talking about resilience and how do you be offended and resilient if you just quit something or cancel something or stop going to something because something happened that you didn't agree with or like. Right. That is not right. resilient. Right. When we break away from others, and she talks about this in these chapters, when we are alone, we are less resilient. And so when we've left our community over an offense, we're actually setting ourselves up to be more easily taken down. <laughs> you know, the, the enemy is going to more easily disrupt us, knock us down, take us out. Yeah. He wants us to be isolated. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's the illustration that we see, you know, in John chapter 10, when we talk about Jesus as the good shepherd and his sheep knowing his voice. And then mm -hmm. we talk about this, the thief coming to steal, kill and destroy. That's exactly that image, right? Satan's intent is to strip us away, to get us out of the sheepfold to mm -hmm. get us offended, to show us, oh, this is happier over here. Or this is 
easier over here. This is whatever, bright or shiny, whatever. And he tries to get us out of the sheepfold. And then, you know, his purpose is to not just steal, but to kill and to ultimately destroy us. He does not want unity. Right. He does not want unity. And that, I think, is what it boils back to, is that we are in a spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. And Jesus knew. Like, I look at these verses, right? May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Why does our unity prove that God sent Jesus and that Jesus loves us? Why is unity proof of that? And I think that unity proves that because disunity, disillusionment, like anything that is brokenness is what's natural. It's of the world. Of the world. It's fleshly. It is demonic (laughs) at its root is to break apart, tearing apart, ripping us limb from limb. This is what Satan does. Body of Christ being ripped. Yeah. Right. Being torn limb from limb. That is what his purpose in this world is. Steal, kill, and destroy. And destroy is like utterly maimed beyond hope of being put back together. That is his intent is to rip us apart. And so our unity says to the world, whoa, something is different here. And what is different? Well, it's Jesus and it's Jesus's love that makes them different, that makes them able to look past offenses, Mm -hmm. makes them able to forgive quickly in the midst of yucky stuff. You know, like that is what we do when we choose unity, when we choose community, when we live like this, like what Jesus is praying for. We are that city on a hill that Matthew talks about. You know, we shine. We are a beacon in this world. Right. But we've largely gotten it wrong. Well, and the thing is, is that we will experience offense and like Mm -hmm. somebody will hurt us Mm -hmm. and not everything is going to be perfect for you all the time. But that's what we seem to expect Mm -hmm. um, that the world or people around us cater to us, even if we don't realize it. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that, knowing somebody is going to offend me, something is going to hurt me, but I'm going to look past that and setting yourself up that way. I think that makes you very resilient. Right. Right. Yes. And if we practice it in our community, then we're able to do it outside of our community as well. Right. And then we do, we look set apart and they know that Jesus is in us. Yeah. Yeah. So that the world will believe you sent me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We, we are to be unified because unity is supernatural. Right disunity is natural. It's of the world. It's of our flesh. That's what comes easily to us. Um, And we are to put the flesh to death. Mm -hmm. You know, we are to die daily. The scripture tells us, take up our cross and follow him. Like that is our call as believers is I have to die to that. I have to forgive. I have to let those offenses go. I have to keep my eyes on Jesus and on what my task here is, even when my heart is hurting, even when I don't like the situation, Mm -hmm. I keep my eyes on Jesus and I keep serving him faithfully, knowing that, yeah, people are going to hurt me. Yeah. It's going to happen. But I I have to choose 
forgiveness and choose reconciliation. And I've seen that so much mostly played out in my marriage, but it goes beyond that to my friendships and community. Mm-hmm. But oh goodness, when I'm in an argument with my husband, you, yep. but I feel God be like, you need to be quiet and you need to get rid of your pride and mm-hmm. um, forgive. Mm-hmm. And because it, this is bigger than this little thing that you are focusing on right now, right. but it feels so big, the offense or whatever it is. Right. And it's not because unity in our household is much more important. Yeah. Yeah. So. But in those moments, we're so tempted to let our feelings. It's hard. Us. It's so hard to not. I mean, you know, in our marriages, in, mm-hmm. uh, in any relationship, when someone hurts us, mm-hmm. when they do something that we perceive as an offense, um, and often it is a perception, mm-hmm. you know, it's not an it intended. Definitely. <laughs> in intended. our life group, we shared, uh, I don't even know where we originally heard this, but we lead a couple's life group and we shared, um, we will like out loud say we are on the same team. Mm-hmm. Even if we're dry, saying different things, we are on the same team yep. right now. Yep. But imagine if we did that as a church, we are right. on the same team. Right. You said something that offended me, but we're on the same team. Right. The bigger goal is bigger than what I'm feeling right now. Yeah. And that's a good point. And that's, I think what we also need to remember in this whole conversation, when we're talking about offense, when we're talking about the things that disrupt unity is that again, this is a spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, right? We have to recognize that while this person in front of me may have hurt me right now, that it's a spiritual battle that's being waged between us and the person and I need to come to unity so that we can fight the enemy that is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to take down. Have you ever felt it be inflated like your offense? Because I know that. And like I said, I mostly see this in my marriage, but when I'm arguing with Stephen, I will feel it become bigger than it is. Mm And it feels so real, but I'm like, this really isn't like mm-hmm. that big of a deal. In five years, I probably am not even going to remember, remember this argument. This argument yeah, but I feel it be inflated. And sometimes I think that's spiritual attack. Oh, for sure. Um, for sure. And trying to get us to poke at each other mm-hmm. and to demean each other and to tear each other's character down rather than look at what is the nature of the actual mm-hmm. argument or what is the thing that is driving this wedge between us. Yeah. There are times when Paul and I are disagreeing about something and I will just look at him and say, Satan is so good at what he does. Mm -hmm. Like right now we should be fighting together and instead we're fighting each other. Like this issue that we're talking about, we should be like, we should be at war together in this. Mm -hmm. And instead of looking at that greater issue, we're now nitpicking each other yeah. in the midst of it and how the other one is dealing with it. So Satan does not want healthy marriages. He does not want unity in friendships or community. He is, or the church, he's so against it. Mm-hmm. So he'll do what he can mm-hmm. to make you be offended or to make the offense bigger than what it really is. Right. Yep. Yeah. So let's um, spend some time talking about building community. <clears throat> yes. And some, I would say just some scriptural building blocks that um, we need to put into practice in our own lives and in whatever communities we're looking to grow, mm-hmm. whether it's a friendship or a small group, you know, and we spent a lot of time when we talked through find your people talking about community. Um but let's just take some scriptural 
concepts and talk about how we apply them to community. Yeah. Um, the first, you know, scripture, when Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? Mm-hmm. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Right. That is the first and greatest commandment. And so how many people do you think could have recited that? Um, but I know for myself, I like, OK, love God, you know, with all your heart, with all your soul. <laughs> and it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. I'm like, yeah, I love God. Mm-hmm. But I know you're talking about a deeper mm-hmm. love. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I told you I've been thinking a lot about this, about loving God and the fact that this is what Jesus says is the greatest yeah. commandment. Therefore, this is like, if we're going to get something right in our day, this is the thing we should be getting right in our day more than anything else. This, this is my purpose. This is why my I'm calling. alive. This yeah. is my calling. This is God's desire for us. His desire is to be loved by us. And that just makes me pause. Yeah. Like, God wants me to love him. Mm-hmm. You know, like I want God to love me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's God. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want your love and I want to see it and I want to feel it and I want to know it. And, you know, yeah. and, but he wants, he wants that from us too. He wants our love. He wants our affection. And, you know, a lot, if we, if we look at it, if we look at what Jesus said, he said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Mm-hmm. So a lot of love is shown through obedience. So it's shown through right living. It's shown through the way that we organize and order and live our days for his glory. Right. And so, you know, you've been talking about being set apart, mm-hmm. being, you know, we are holy. We are set apart. We are chosen. And in that holiness, God also equips us for right living. Mm-hmm. You know, he equips us to do what he has called us to do. And so that's that whole piece of that. But we're set apart to love him. Mm-hmm. We're set apart to love him. And you were saying people who do this well, everything else floats. Yeah, I've seen it. I I will admit this isn't I'm you've made me really think about this, <laughs> but I've seen it in others who just love God so much. That is their greatest desire through their whole day, every day. And then all these other great things come from them and these great teachings and books and all these things. But it's actually just an overflow mm-hmm. of loving God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can tell the difference and they are set apart. Yeah. Yeah. But like their heart just oozes mm-hmm. to love God. And I mean, like this has been my prayer recently. It's just like, God, help me understand that. Like, yeah. help me to love you the way that you want me to love you. Help just, me to yeah. desire you more. Help me to desire to love you. Because when I say I'm like not good at this, I wouldn't have said that if like yesterday before you brought this to my attention. <laughs> but it really like how much time do I spend trying to just love God? Right. We spend a lot of time trying to know God. Yeah. That's where I think that I'm at. Yeah. Right. We, and not just a head knowledge, like an experiential knowledge, knowledge, experiential knowledge as well, but just loving God. So like when we're talking about community, this to me is really foundational. Like if God says this is the first and greatest commandment, we're not going to be able to do community well if we aren't doing loving God well. Mm Mm-hmm. 
it, like you said, it, it flows, one flows from the other. And it's, you know, the better we get at loving God, the better we're going to get at what I have here as number two, which he says, then the second commandment is like it, right. Mm -hmm. Is love your neighbor as yourself. So second, after the loving God comes loving each other. But these all, like you said, flow from one to the other. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about what we were talking about, like offense. Mm -hmm. If you are so busy loving God and then loving others as you love yourself, you're not going to be easily offended. Mm -hmm. Or when you do, it's going to roll off right. your back. Offense happens when we're loving self. Mm -hmm. Pride. Right. Offense happens when our eyes are on self. Mm -hmm. Self-motivation and self-love and um, just selfish desire. When, when things aren't going my way, when it's not serving me, that's when I'm offended. Which I don't know. I, we didn't write this down, but I've just noticed in the big church um, that a lot of people come to church to be served. Mm -hmm. And it makes me sad because we are supposed to. That's not the way that God designed the church. We're supposed to come to church to serve. But that's why there's so much offenses because they're coming and the donuts aren't right that day or the song wasn't good or whatever it is. There's so many different little offenses, um, mm -hmm. but that you're right. It's because eyes are on self. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I just had that realization. Yeah. Instead of on loving God mm -hmm. like if or others, God is first. Yeah. And we love the others out of that mm -hmm. and self just fades. Mm -hmm. It really does. Um, John 13, 34 says, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So again, mm -hmm. it's it's our unity. It's our love for each other. It's this way that we live that looks so different than what's going on in the world. You know, the world says, scream your offenses, scream your opinion. Get even. Get even. Mm -hmm. Go to Facebook Old and grudges. say that somebody hurt me. Yeah. You know, that's what the world says that we are to do. And he's saying, you should love each other just as I have loved you. How did Jesus love us? He loved us by going to the cross for us. He loved us by completely denying himself. Like Sacrificially. Entirely denying, him, denying himself. He loved us selflessly. He loved us with a forgiving love. He loved us, yeah, with a sacrificial love. He loved us with a love that knew who we were that knew who we would be, that knew how many times we're going to reject him. Like he had full knowledge of us and chose to, to love us with this extreme love. Anyway, mm -hmm. still in spite of us, he loves us. You know, Daniel got in trouble for doing something, got in trouble, you know, whatever. He did something wrong. And I was talking to him and I was like, you, do you understand that God still loves you just as much. Yes, you know, yes, I know. Do you understand that God knew that you were going to do this thing? And he sent Jesus to die for you so that Jesus's blood could wash over you and make you clean. And I said, have you asked God to forgive you? He said, yes. I said, then guess what he sees? Mm -hmm. He sees Jesus's blood. He does not see your sins anymore. They're gone, you know, and he loved us like that, knowing what we were going to do. He chose to go to the cross for us. Right. Um, so we are to love each other. That same way. Like that. With this selfless, sacrificial, understanding, forgiving type of love. And because we have that love for each other, then the next thing here in building community is that we um, serve each other. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Serve each other. 
which we saw in the Bible um, when Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll read the verse Mm -hmm. that you hold. But John 13, 14 says, and since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Mm -hmm. So he served Mm -hmm. because washing your feet was a sign of, right? Like I am serving you. Yeah. Humility. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus, yeah, yeah, exactly. And Jesus, the king, mm-hmm. he washed his friends, his disciples' feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we just think of like the lowliest of jobs yeah. that you could have taken, like the dirtiest, grimiest, like least selfish position he could have taken. Because their feet were gross back right. then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't get pedicures. <laughs> no. no, and they didn't have cars to drive yeah. places. So they wear sandals, so... Yeah, they were dirty and calloused and yucky and they didn't have nail clippers and, you know, like all of these things, like just gross. And here Jesus is serving, serving the body, serving his community Mm -hmm. by doing something so humiliating. And, you know, we it's a lot to ask us to even volunteer one Sunday a month. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's hard. Or I don't want to do that job, mm-hmm. but I'll do this job. Mm-hmm. He took the lowliest. Like, mm-hmm. And so if we're going to serve each other, mm-hmm. it's going to be doing things that we don't necessarily want to do sometimes, right? Right. And this is in our church, in the larger community, but this is in our smaller communities, right? In our life groups. This means like we show up for our people when they need us. Even if we're tired. Yeah. Even if we're tired, even if it's not convenient, Mm -hmm. you know, we show up for our people and we, we rally around them and we help them and we serve them. Like we love them through service. We do the hard thing for each other. And I think that's so good. But even if you pull it back more, we show up. Mm -hmm. on the life group (laughs) like when you have life group we just show up and I feel like that's hard um and I don't mean specifically in life groups but Mm -hmm. life groups too but even friendships church um family gatherings all the things just showing up and making it a priority to be in community is important yeah you were saying that your counselor actually said (laughs) something about this yeah so I was really busy I think I've talked about it on here and I was really overwhelmed um I'd committed to way too much um and so I was talking to her and I was like laying everything out and I was like I have got to do this and this and this and so you know I'm not gonna have time to go to my weekly coffee date with my friends so I'm canceling it and I thought she would be like very good good way to prioritize Brooklyn you're coming up with solutions but she did not Uh, and she was like no don't do that and I said well I don't have time and she said then you need to get rid of something else um Mm. because she told me to make an equation she said that on the top was what I'm outputting and on the bottom is what I'm inputting and they should like a fraction with a line in the middle equal one Mm. um she said though that my input was way lower than my output Mm -hmm. but that actually removing coffee with my friend was going to make the equation even more um Mm -hmm. not equal yeah right right (laughs) and so she said um yeah that you need to do the things that input but a lot of times and she said it's not just you so (laughs) she said it's super common for that to be the first thing that people take out is their community Mm -hmm. um and that that can just wait And that's what I see with like church on Sundays or life groups or meeting with friends. Um, I don't have time. I'm busy doing this. I need to do this. 
And I think I was thinking about it because I do it. Obviously, I just said that <laughs> um, it's because there's no uh, like productivity from it. There's yep. no immediate. Mm -hmm. Oh, look, you did this and you accomplished this mm -hmm. and it Not can tangible result. Yeah. And so you're not accomplishing mm -hmm. anything like you would think other than being in community like we've been called to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so I think that's why it's the first thing to go. Right. Right. Well, and it's kind of like we talked about parenting being a long game. Mm, Community yeah. is as well. Mm -hmm. It's a long game. And are there immediate benefits? There are, and science can mm -hmm. prove that, but also it's this, it's creating this community that, that grows and that ebbs and flows and that can help us be resilient when the hard times come. And so if we don't create community all the way through, then when that hard time comes, we have no one to turn back right. to, turn, to turn to. Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, you're saying like the immediate result. Well, here we realize the immediate lack. Mm. Yeah, so true. <laughs> we realize like, oh, wow, I have not been bringing into my relationships and now I'm in a bind and I don't have people. Yeah. And I had God put on my heart. Um, I don't know if it was last year, this year, but one year. <laughs> and I was telling Stephen that God wants, like, I, God wants me to find community this year, like different community, a deeper community. Um, and He laid some people on my heart, and and I thought, okay, well, God did it, so it's just we're just going to be best friends in in a month. <laughs> and it didn't take; it wasn't like that. Right. Community takes intention over time, and yeah. I would say consistency yes. too. Mm -hmm. um, because yeah, there are those friendships where you don't talk for long periods of time and things like that. Right. But the consistent friends, they know what's going on yeah. in your everyday. Yeah. But do you remember when we read Find Your People, she said it was something like 200 hours or something that you oh, have to spend yeah. with someone before you've like built a friendship. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of coffee. That's a, that's a lot of coffee, right? <laughs> if you're going to coffee for an hour a week, yeah. you have two hours a week. That's, Every week, you've only gotten halfway there in a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it takes a lot of time to build community and to build good community. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's good. We have a couple more here. Yeah, I got um, us off track. <laughs> no, no, it was all great. Um, when we're building community, I think another principle would be that there is no room for selfishness or pride. And we've kind of touched on this through loving others and serving others. But um, we need to die to ourselves and we need to put others before ourselves for community to work well. I mean, that's the same for marriage. Mm -hmm. That's the same, you know, in friendship, but for a community, for church to work well, we have to die to self, put our preferences aside, put our desires aside. Like there's just no room for selfishness in the kingdom. Um, instead, we are to be selfless and we are to serve one another in love and we are to put the other's needs ahead of ours. And Philippians chapter two, verses two through four says, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for only your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And I recently saw um, a pastor talking about this and just said, this is kind of a weak translation, this, you know, take an interest in others too. Actually, really the heart of this is that we are to actively pursue each other's interest, best interest. 
So like it is my job and I'm, I probably have even said this here before, you know, it's my job to look out for you. It is my job to care for you. It is my job to do what is in your best interest. And instead, so often we come to a group, we come to the church. And like you said, we come looking to be served and we're worried about what's in my best interest. What am I getting from this group? Right. What am I getting from Sundays? Right. And we can so easily turn this around. Like I just said, we're to look out for each other's best interest. Well, it's very easy for me to be like, hmm, has Brooklyn been looking out for my best interest? Like it's yeah. very in- easy for us to be like, well, they're not looking out for my best interest. That's not what we're called to. <laughs> we're not called to critique someone else's care for us. We're called to look out for their best interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is hard when there is offense. This is yeah. hard when someone else is not loving us well. And that's where, you know, scripture even says to us that we're to pray for our enemies and love mm-hmm. those who persecute us. Um, sometimes it can feel like the family is our enemy. Mm-hmm. We can feel persecuted from within, and yet we are called to love them and to look out for their best interest. Mm-hmm. And so the way that this plays out for me the most is I just start praying for people. Yeah. You know, and like if I um, am going to struggle right now to love them or serve them well, then I need to be praying for them and that God will care for their needs and that God will help me do better at this. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, no, that's really good. Uh, I was just going to say, I really love your next point too. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, no competition in the kingdom. We are all on the same team. Mm-hmm. Because I said that earlier. We're, mm-hmm. we're all on the same, team. On the same but team. But that means we're not competing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and it kind of goes back for me to like, don't try to impress others. Mm-hmm. And the reason that stood out is because I feel convicted by it. Because <laughs> I feel like it's easy to try to mm-hmm. earn mm-hmm. like God's love, mm-hmm. but also others. And right. so right. competition, there's no competition in the kingdom. Right. Yeah. You pulled, uh, which, what was that? For there's one body and one spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Ephesians 4, I think it's 33. Okay. Um, for there is one body and one spirit. Mm-hmm. Just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future, there is one Lord, mm-hmm. one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, mm-hmm. who is over all, in all, and living through all. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if we go back to the big C church, mm-hmm. There's competition between little churches, right? Oh, yeah. And that's sad because that was not God's design. No, no. We, it's, it's easy to be competitive because our world is competitive. Mm. And this is, (laughs) it's actually something that I've been talking with my college kids about. Is there a time and a place for any type of competition in the kingdom? Like they go to a Christian college and they have intramural sports. Mm-hmm. And um, we've been noticing that during those intramural competitions, students get pretty nasty, like pretty nasty. Like not fun nasty. Like, like not that, yes, not that not, there's a fun nasty, yes, but like they're no. not being joking. Not, yeah. And not nasty, <laughs> like inappropriate, like nasty, like mean, like okay. spirited, like to where they are just playing dirty almost. Mm. These are Christian kids. I'm like, this like this competitiveness causes something between us that just causes a rift, right? Competition is very worldly. And I'm, I'm just pondering this, this maybe be a conversation for the future, but is there ever a place for competition in the kingdom? Because as I see it, competition causes disunity. Mm -hmm. 
competition. And that's what we see in church, right? Anytime that someone else's ministry is going better than ours, someone else does well. And we feel like, oh, well, I should have had that. Or why, why is it longer? Yes. Solo or something. Yes. Yes. They got to sing and I didn't get to sing. They got to be the leader of this and I didn't get that. Can I ask you? Yeah. Is like, what do you think of youth group games? Different? See, and this is where I'm struggling. (laughs) And this is actually when I started thinking about this was actually at camp this summer because at camp, it gets to a whole other level of competitiveness Mm -hmm. because everyone wants to win you know, the prize at the end of the week. And, and again, it gets nasty, like to where I am looking at some of these boys and going, this is not the Olympic games. Yeah. Simmer down. So when I would, (laughs) when I was helping lead youth group, I would get competitive with them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm wondering, but right. and, I mean, I never got nasty and right. it, we all laugh. I love, I love <laughs> to play games and I yeah. love competition if it is in a loving way, loving manner. But when it was, when there's that line that gets crossed in a game and you're now like cutthroat and I'm like, this is not honoring to God. Dude, chill. Yeah. <laughs> Stand yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was when a five gallon bucket got hoisted by some boys trying to get a girl wet in this one game and they chucked the bucket at her Aww. and she came out with this huge welt on her face and I was like something is not okay here but we do that the same thing in church so you're not answering the question whether that's okay or not it's just like a it, ponder it right is, is right. there ever we, a place we can, right we can talk about that yeah. later I, it's something that I have been pondering right. since June okay <laughs> um yeah, can can competition be healthy and contribute to bringing unity or is it always going to breed disunity? Right. But what you're I talking about answer. specifically today yeah. is not bringing unity. The kind of right. competition where right. you want less for someone because you want more for yourself. Right, right. We are all building the same kingdom. We are mm-hmm. all on the same team. We are all doing the same mission here. Like there are a bazillion podcasts out there. And if I choose to get competitive with another podcast, if I choose to try and take members from another church to our church, if, you know, like it's that kind of thing, it's wishing bad on someone else. It's getting grumpy that someone got, you know, like I said, a leadership role and I didn't, someone else gets to lead a song and I don't, it's, you know, it's all of this. There's this competition that we are building within the kingdom that is driving disunity. And so when we're looking at building community, we have to go into this saying, like, there are room for all the princesses in this kingdom. Like, no one of us is the queen. (laughs) No one of us has the corner on this market. We can't go into it feeling like I'm better or I'm just as good or why didn't I or why does she, you know, all of these things that we're tempted to do when we look around. We go back to number one, love God. Like if our eyes are on God. And we won't be on self. Don't worry about that, you know? And I will confess, like this has been an issue of mine in the past. And God has grown me huge in the last few years on, you know what? If they're doing great things for the kingdom, praise Jesus. Like that should be like, hallelujah. Like good for you. Mm-hmm. I should be so happy that someone else is getting closer to Jesus because of what you're doing and not say, oh, but it wasn't under me. Yeah. Or it wasn't my ministry or I didn't get to. Yeah. And I, I think that is, it's hard to not think I'm doing a bad job mm-hmm. when somebody else is doing good. But then again, that goes back to I'm 
clearly not looking at God. That is clearly not my number one priority to love God. And when we get in that space, we're very quick to judge, right? And we're not to judge each other, but we start judging their motives or, oh, did they build that platform or did they, what did they do to posture themselves to get I did all of this stuff. Yeah. Right. So it just, it, it causes just a disruption in unity. And so we just have to recognize we are all on the same team. Mm -hmm. And our job on this team is to bring as many people into the kingdom as we possibly can. Right. So we just do it without thoughts of self and with thoughts of others. Yeah. You know, come be on my team. Like, let's do this together. Let's partner. The last one I had, and we could, there's tons, right? Like we could say there's so many other things here about ways that we build community, but I would say forgive as we have been forgiven. Um, which we hear a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But extending forgiveness is hard. And, and that goes back to, we were talking earlier about offense and disunity and whatnot, but we just need to just be lavish with our forgiveness. You know, I was talking about Daniel last night and talking to him about when Jesus looks at you, he doesn't even see that thing anymore, but we humans, we keep seeing it mm-hmm. and we keep bringing it up and we keep reminding others of their brokenness and we keep reminding them of their transgressions. That's not what God does. That's not the example that has been set for us. The example that has been set for us is you are forgiven. You are pure. You are holy, spotless, set apart to do great things in my kingdom. Mm -hmm. And then we look at someone and we're like, but do you know what she did? Mm -hmm. Do you know what's in her past? Yeah, they can't do this job because. She used to. Mm -hmm. And we just keep keeping shame back on people and putting their guilt back on them and putting their sins back on them that God has said have been removed as far as the East is from the West. Yeah. No longer a part of them. So Ephesians 4.32 says, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ Jesus has forgiven you. We are to forgive each other the same way. And so if we're looking at building communities, can you imagine a community that does this? That the offense happens, and sometimes even before it's asked, we just say, I know that wasn't your intent. Forgive. I, I forgive you. I know that you're broken. That was acting out of your brokenness. I forgive you. I love you, and let's move forward mm-hmm. and keep serving in this kingdom together. Yeah. Be powerful. Yeah. I mean, this, like... <laughs> Goodness, if we do this and do this well, then we get back to what Jesus says. Then the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Yeah. Now, do I know that this is not going to be perfect until we get to heaven? I, yes. I know that. <laughs> I know that. But um, I think it's time for we in the church to have this conversation and say the world is so broken, fragmented, disunified right now. It is time for us to flip the table, flip the script, change the way this is going. And we are going to live wildly different Mm -hmm. than the rest of the world. Yeah. So good. (laughs) Yeah. Goodness. All right. Well, we got to wrap up this season. No, I, know, I, know. I wasn't prepared because I thought we had another episode. So now I feel cheated. I'm offended. So maybe we'll be yeah. We don't know what we're talking about, but maybe we'll talk about the competition thing. Yeah. 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 Oh, do you want to close this out with prayer today? Yes, I will. All right. 
Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for the direction that you give us in your word, for sending Jesus to be an example for us. And God, I just pray that every person that's listening, and actually I just pray for everybody in your church, that we all have it on our hearts that you want us to be unified. Help us to let go of offenses and show forgiveness in the way that you show us forgiveness. God, that you don't even see our sins when we ask for forgiveness. Lord, let us do that for others. Let us love you first and foremost, God, because we do. We love you so much. Help help us to show you and for it to be an intention. And then help us from the overflow of that to love others because that's what you've commanded us to do. Um, Help us to serve each other, to not look to be served, but to wash each other's feet and just, God, live out this example of community that you've given us. We love you so much and we pray all of this in your name. Amen. Amen. Until next season, we encourage you. Keep keep looking above. above.